everybody, it's John Anderson here, the old professor, and welcome to Off the Record. This is my chance to take an artist or an album or a genre of music and focus in on it. And today I'm taking a look at Poco. Now about 25 years ago I wrote a book called Desperados, The Roots of Country Rock. And it was the first book to explore the evolution of what would become a major music genre in the middle 1970s. And you know, of course everybody credits the Eagles with inventing country rock, but no, that's not the case whatsoever. Back in 67 and 68, there were a number of key musicians slash singers who were convinced that you could blend country music with rock music. And and make it appealing to a younger crowd, a hippie crowd, a hip crowd. Amongst those were people like Gene Clark and Chris Hillman, you know, coming out of the birds, Mike Nesmith and the Monkees, Graham Parsons in the International Submarine Band, and Richie Ferret and Jimmy Messina in the last lineup of the Buffalo Springfield. Now, in the book, I delineated several strands of what could be considered country rock. And there were those who were young, long-haired, hippie types who played country music with a reverence and respect of not really changing the idiom that much. They were long guy, long-haired guys playing George Jones songs, I mean, in, in a very simplistic way. And groups like the Flying Burrito Brothers fall into that. Dillard and Clark, you know, Gene Clark and uh, Doug Dillard coming out of the Dillards, they were taking bluegrass music and folk music and blending them together to create a new kind of bluegrass, a hip kind of bluegrass music, very lyric-oriented, where bluegrass wasn't always quite that way. But Poco were one of the first, if not the first, rock bands to to embrace country music instrumentation and country music arrangements, but not just do country music, to take those influences and blend them together to create something completely and wholly new, that being country rock. Now, the roots of Poco go back to the Buffalo Springfield, and when I was researching the book, I talked to a number of people who said, back in the day, like in 66 and 67, if you wanted to hear a band doing country music, in a rock context, you had to go see the Buffalo Springfield. And as early as their debut album in the fall of 1966, the opening track, Go and Say Goodbye, that's country rock. That's definite country influence in a rock context. So they were already dabbling at this notion of integrating country and rock, you know, and that included Neil Young and Stephen Stills and Richie Foray. And in 67, Richie took that that idea of blending country and rock together with a song the Springfield recorded in um, the summer of 1967 called The Child's Claim to Fame, which had dobro in it and, you know, country harmonies. And then Richie took that further, and on the final Buffalo Springfield album, and sadly they only did uh, three legitimate studio albums, the final cut is a country rock song called Kind Woman that Richie wrote, and he wrote it about his wife Nancy, but he brought in steel guitar on it. They, he and Jimmy Messina were tasked with finishing off the tracks for this final album, and one of the tracks was Kind Woman. And Jimmy and Richie went to New York to uh, lay down some backing tracks, and amongst those tracks was the basic bed track for Kind Woman. And when they came back to L.A., 
they brought in a guy that their road manager had recommended as a fantastic pedal steel guitar player from Denver, and his name was Rusty Young. So they flew Rusty in, sight unseen, unheard, and he laid down a steel guitar part on this song. It's the final track on Last Time Around, released in July of 1968, but in many ways it's both the ending and a starting, because it's the ending of the Buffalo Springfield and the starting of what what would become Poco, because Richie Ferrey, Jimmy Messina, and Rusty Young decided to stay together and form a band that would blend the two. Not just play country music, but blend country music with rock music and create a new kind of a sound. And that was Pogo, with a G, that later became Poco. So I'm going to start off with that uh, last Buffalo Springfield song with Rusty Young on it. This is Kind Woman. Got a good reason for loving you It's an old-fashioned sign I kinda get to feeling like mm, You know when Fell in love first time Your eyes 
Even before the final Buffalo Springfield album was released, Poco had already started rehearsing in Richie Furet's house in Laurel Canyon, and uh, Rusty on pedal steel guitar recommended a singing drummer from Denver who he had played with in a band called Buenzi Creek. The guy's name was George Grantham, and he came in and auditioned and got the drum part. He had a great voice as well. And a bass player who had a wonderful voice too, named Randy Meisner, who came from Nebraska, he was uh, very much admired by uh, Rusty and by George, and they suggested contacting Randy Meisner, who was in a band called The Poor, and Randy agreed to come out and join the band. So you now had Richie Ferre, Jimmy Messina, Rusty Young, Randy Meisner, and George Grantham together. And they made their debut at the Troubadour in November, and they were a sensation. And one of the highlights of their debut was the singing of Randy Meisner. Richie, of course, is the lead singer in Poco, and what a great voice. But Randy has a magnificent voice. So some of the tunes that Richie had written, Randy sang. But by the time they went in the studio to record, what happened was Randy had a falling out with Richie and Jimmy Messina over listening to the mixes and being a part of the final mix of the album. And so he left in a huff. And it meant re-recording some of the bass parts and taking Randy's voice out of some of the lead songs that he sang. And George uh, Grantham stepped in and replaced him. The album was released in the summer of 1969. It was called Picking Up the Pieces. And it was so fresh, so new, so exciting that uh, it got a lot of attention didn't have a lot of sales. Sadly, the record-buying public wasn't quite ready yet to embrace country mixed with rock, but it was a wholly fresh, effervescent sound. And here's a couple of tracks from it. The first is the opening track on Picking Up the Pieces, and it's the song Richie Ferre wrote. And it was originally recorded by the Buffalo Springfield, but didn't make the cut for last time around, so Richie held on to it for Poco. And I'm going to follow that with a song that Richie wrote that Randy originally sang, and when Randy left the band, George Grantham stepped in to sing the lead on it, called Calico Lady. So this is Poco, blending rock and country together in a new sound. It's a good morning and I'm feeling high. Hey, uh-huh. It's such a lovely day. Smile. A frown would be fancy. I want to play. Oh, what a day. To dream, I can't find a reason to care, and it seems I'm hung on my thoughts in midair. Look over there, oh, stop and stare. It's a good morning, and I'm feeling fine. What did you say? It's a wonderful day. Just be passive I wanna play Oh, what a day It's a good morning And I'm feeling fine 
Silk and soft she rises from the dawn Child of spring I've known her Oh for so long Betrothed to earth but never to be with She's far too high For mortals there So touch her now and love her Travel on and join the wind In the past And she leads you softly To the limits of her world But you'll only see Her face in a glass Staring back With eyes that Cannot see That yours were just as good Rusty Young's pedal steel and dobro playing bring the country textures to the music. Now, there's a couple of stories to share with you about the early origins of Poco. As I mentioned before, they were originally called Pogo, like the Walt Kelly cartoon character from the comic strips, right? But Walt Kelly sent them a cease and desist letter demanding that they not use the name Pogo or the alligator character. So they simply went from Pogo to Poco and that seemed to to work. The other thing was, Richie was signed to Atlantic Records, which owned Atco, which the Buffalo Springfield recorded for. Now when Stephen Stills and David Crosby hooked up with Graham Nash, he had been in the Hollies who were signed to Epic Records, which was a subsidiary of Columbia Records. So a very unique situation arose, almost like a hockey trade, and the guy who brokered it was David Geffen, who was just on the rise in the music biz at that time. He arranged a trade. Epic traded Graham Nash to Atlantic, and Atlantic traded Richie Foray to Epic. So that allowed both Crosby, Stills, and Nash to record freely, and Poco to record freely. Now, I mentioned Randy Meisner leaving the band, and what that necessitated was taking his 
taking him out of some of the tracks, not all. His voice is still in some of the uh, the blended harmonies there. He's removed as a lead singer, some of the bass parts redone, but the album cover had been a painting done of the five of them, the five guys in Poco. So now they had to take Randy out. And what they replaced Randy with was Jimmy Messina's dog, Jasper. So there's a picture of the dog sitting with, now four guys in the band, sitting with them. Now, Besides Rusty bringing those country textures on on pedal steel and dobro, Jimmy Messina was a great country guitar picker. He played with finger picks, and he, he could play like Don Rich, who was Buck Owens' lead guitar player. And you hear it on this song. This is, again, from Poco's debut album, Picking Up the Pieces. This is Just In Case It Happens. What does it matter to me That you've gone The memory's on in a dream Though it seems hard to be With the good night yawn The heartache is gone Yes indeed For loving you I have been such a fool I guess I was just dreaming Holding on to promises from you What does it matter to me That you've gone The memory's all in a dream Though it seems hard to be With a good night young The heartache is gone Yes, indeed Just in case it happens, you see I have paid all my dues faithfully Now the peace of mind I'll feel in time Is worth the misgiving A new beginnings The clinging in my head The rest of it's been said What does it matter to me? That you've gone The memory's on in a dream Though it seems hard to be With the good night yawn The heartache is gone Yes, indeed The heartache is gone Yes, indeed The first time that I was invited up to Richie's uh, house in Boulder, Colorado. He had a couple of guitars there, and we had, you know, it was just the two of us together in his living room. We were going to do an interview uh, for the Desperados book. And he said to me, what do you want to hear? 
And so I named a couple of songs, and he played and sang them just for me. They're Poco songs, and a Springfield song, too. But I picked up the other guitar, and I started playing the whole intro to that last song. Uh, yes, indeed. I played the whole thing all the way through. And then Richie kind of chimed in on the vocal, and he said to me afterwards, he said, wow, I didn't know you could play that. So I was, uh, I was a bit chuffed about that. Now, with Randy out of the band for the first album, by the time they came to record the second album, Timothy B. Schmidt had joined the band. He was a young guy, but what a great voice and a great bass player. And he came in with some songs as well. But on the second album, it was a chance to try to get a hit single. And Jimmy Messina came up with a song called You Better Think Twice. And it had some commercial appeal to it. It wasn't really, really country-ish. So it was released as a single off the album. The um, the second album was just called Poco, but the cover had two oranges on each side of the picture of the band. And it's known as the Orange Album. This is Jimmy Messina and his song You Better Think Twice. It didn't do very well as a single, but uh, it got them a little more attention. Better think twice about leaving me behind. Make up your mind about what you're gonna do. You know it ain't easy when your love hurts night and day. Oh, how you please when I hear you call my name.
Now, with that second album, the Orange or Oranges album, I mentioned that they were trying for a little more of a commercial sound without blunting too much the uh, the country textures and influences. But I think they made a big mistake. The second half of the album opened with one track and then an 18-minute kind of a jam. And I thought that was a waste, a waste of 18 minutes where they could have put four more songs on it, maybe even five more songs. Richie was prolific enough, and now they had Tim Schmidt in the band, who was a writer. They did record a song of Tim's called Hard Luck that I'm going to play in a second, but it ended up being part of a medley on their next album, their third album, which was a live album called Deliver It, and it was the last album with Jimmy Messina. Here's the studio version of that song with Tim singing lead. Here it comes, another heartache Bringing me pain and misery It's peeking round the fence saying Hey my friends, sit down with me company Always seems to me that I make the biggest fool and tragedy Telling you this time I'm gonna stay in line The ones that gonna bother me Think about the times if you came Remember the rhymes that we talked when we were new I can recall the days when I'd wake up to find you beside me But you could have stayed Instead of taking off that way Here it comes, another heartache Bringing me pain and misery It's peeking round the fence saying Hey my friends, sit down I can't ever change it Hard luck is all to blame If I try to rearrange it I wish I could It ain't no good Why do things always turn out just the same? It's so hard to see How you could be so deceiving Because you to me Existed to be believed in you think that to tease is a way to pay for the answer? Cause I'm begging you, I'm begging you. Why do you feel the way you do? Can't ever change it Hard luck is my last name If I try to rearrange it I wish I could It ain't no good Why do things always turn out just the same? How could you surround me with your new tomorrows? Then turn right around And write me of your sorrows if they decide for your indecision It's a doggone shame To you I'm just a part of a game Here it comes, another heartache Bringing me pain and misery 
Poco's third album, Deliverin', was uh, expected to be the big breakthrough for them. Epic Records hyped it a lot, gave a lot of promo behind it. It was a live album recorded at shows in New York and Boston. Both very strong markets for Poco. They weren't so much a headline act yet. They were playing opening bill to a lot of other acts, but on these two gigs, they were the headline act. It would prove to be the final album featuring Jimmy Messina on guitar as well as uh, producer of their records. He and Richie were no longer getting along. A couple of songs that ended up on Loggins and Messina's debut album called Sittin' In were songs that Jimmy wrote about his deteriorating relationship with Richie. One of them in particular called Angry Eyes is about uh, he and Richie and Richie looking at Jimmy sometimes on stage. Not a very good relationship. The album got a lot of attention, but again, the problem for Poco was they just couldn't get that commercial breakthrough. It included a number of tracks from their debut album stuck into medleys, and I wasn't as wild about that. As a matter of fact, I thought the album was okay. It certainly captured the band in a couple of very spirited performances, but I didn't think it was going to be the breakthrough that they that they needed. By the time of the fourth album, Paul Cotton had joined the band. Now, he had been in the Illinois Speed Press and he was in the audience when Poco made their debut in November of 1968 at the Troubadour, and he'd always been a fan of theirs. He was brought in to add a rockier sound, not to, again, I use the phrase blunt, not to blunt the country sound, but to give them a little more of an oomph. Jimmy Messina was not so much of a rock guitar player, but Paul came in, and he didn't play a Telecaster, country-ish sort of picking guitar. He came in with a Gibson Les Paul and brought a heavier sound. Ironically, though, on his debut with the band, on the album From the Inside, his best song is in fact an acoustic country-ish song. And he sings it, but the guitar solo is not played by him. It's played by Richie Ferre, who learned it himself and played it on the album. It was, um, From the Inside was produced by Steve Cropper of Booker T and the MGs fame, and he didn't prove to be a very sympathetic uh, producer. So the album didn't do as well again. I mean, it's just, it's becoming an ongoing problem. It didn't do as well again commercially. Richie was starting to wonder what was going on? You know, what was happening with the band? Why aren't we making these big breaks? Plus, they were hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to their record label because the records weren't selling. But this is one of Poco's best songs. And this is Paul Cotton's song he brought to the band. This is Bad Weather. I can't help the feeling that you and I We won't get to see another day together Looks like bad weather And I can't see it all there in your eyes And it comes to me as no surprise But you don't need me here no more 
Talk and good memories for our generation. You are listening to Lifestyles 55 Digital Radio. And you tuned into Off the Record with the old professor John Anderson. And today I'm looking at the career of country rock pioneers Poco. Unsatisfied with the results working with Steve Cropper, 
on From the Inside, Richie Ferre wanted to work with Richie Podolor. Richie Podolor and Bill Cooper, who was Richie's engineer, had produced hits for Steppenwolf and Three Dog Night, among many others, and they were a very hot production engineering team. Unfortunately, they were very busy as well. And so all that Poco were able to do was to record an A and a B side for a single with Podler and Cooper. And they did something interesting. They went back a year to two songs that were included on the Deliverin album, live versions with Jimmy Messina. And they were two new songs. And what they did was they decided to re-record those and release them as a single, now with Paul Cotton in the band, who had a heavier guitar sound, and to give them a bit more of an oomph to them. Here's the A side of that single. This is Poco, written by Richie Ferre, and this is Come On. True to form, come on, and its flip side, a man like me, didn't burn up the charts in any way whatsoever. Now, between recording with Richie Podler and the next album the band would do, Richie Ferre wrote a song that he thought was the song 
to get them a hit. The other thing, too, about Poco was they were regarded by rock audiences as too country and by country audiences as too rock. So they where did they fit in? You know, kind of somewhere in the middle, kind of straddling both lanes. But this song that Richie had uh, composed called A Good Feeling to Know really had a great feel to it, and it went over extremely well in concert. They would close with it every night in concert, and the crowds would go crazy over the song. So Richie thought this is the ticket. And the guy who can really produce great pop hits was Jack Richardson, Canadian record producer responsible for the tremendous multi-million selling success of Winnipeg's Guess Who. So Poco enlisted Jack Richardson to produce their next album, and the album was going to be called A Good Feeling to Know, and it was going to feature that song, and that song would be released as a single. It's a great song. It has become, in many ways, Poco's anthem, because when you think about Poco, it's a good feeling to know their music. This is A Good Feeling to Know. Good loving, I always come home to you. You free my life. Time of the blues. Yes, I got that old time feeling burning deep inside my soul. And I
So the single is released and Poco have great expectations that it's going to be a hit. The key thing, the secret to finding success in country rock was to find the right mix of rock and country. And just like I said earlier, two country for rock to rock for country, you had to make sure that you weren't too country for rock and you weren't too rock for country to find that balance. Well, what happened was they released the single, it was getting some interest, and Poco are on their way to a gig somewhere in the northeastern United States, and they've got the car radio on as they head to the gig. And what comes on the radio? Take It Easy by the Eagles. And Richie just sunk into his seat crestfallen because he realized the formula that they were trying to get with a good feeling to know the Eagles just got. The Eagles grabbed the hit formula and ran with it with Take It Easy. The thing, too, about Richie by that point was he was becoming very frustrated. He was watching former bandmates from Buffalo Springfield and even from Poco going on to great success. Stephen Stills was huge, both with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and on his own. Neil Young was huge, both on his own and with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Randy Meisner was in the Eagles, and they were certainly starting to to happen. And even Jimmy Messina with Kenny Loggins. Loggins and Messina were starting to have hits as well. So he kept wondering, what's happening to me? What about me? Why am I not getting this success? I'm writing great songs. What's happening? So Richie is starting to have doubts about Poco's future and his future as well. Well, well, they decided to retain Jack Richardson for the next album, which they named Crazy Eyes. Richie had written an epic song that turned out to be nine minutes long, inspired by Graham Parsons, who was a friend of Richie's from back in New York, Greenwich Village days. And in fact, he had brought Graham into an early version of Poco, but it just didn't work out because Graham didn't like Jimmy Messina and Jimmy Messina didn't like Graham Parsons. But he felt inspired by Graham and the song Crazy Eyes was about Graham. Also on the next album that they did with Jack Richardson, called Crazy Eyes, they covered a Graham Parsons song called Brass Buttons. But it's at this point that Richie has decided, and not necessarily shared with anybody, if this album doesn't happen, I'm out of here. This is my last straw. This is my last attempt. So it's interesting that despite this long track that was a bit experimental and kind of went over everybody's heads, including mine, he closed the album with a song called Let's Dance Tonight, which should have been and could have been a big hit. But it was Richie's swan song to Poco.
So in the fall of 1973, Richie leaves Poco because of his own frustration. But he was lured away by David Geffen, who thought, well, if there's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and they're a supergroup, maybe I can assemble my own supergroup of, (laughs) for want of a better word, the second stringers. So he concocted this supergroup with Richie Ferret, J.D. Souther, who was like an associate eagle, not in the band, but associated with the band, and Chris Hillman, who had been around through the Birds and the Burrito Brothers and uh, had a solo career that really wasn't going anywhere at that point. So Souther, Hillman, Ferret was created. And bands that don't develop organically, bands that are kind of thrown together, never work. And Souther Hillman and Fury did two albums that they just it just didn't have any spark to them. It, each of the tracks that they did almost sounded like individual solo tracks. Furry's songs and Hillman's songs and Souther's songs. So it didn't work. But here's the problem too now is that Poco has lost their figurehead, their principal songwriter, and their lead singer. You know, Richie defined Poco. It was his band. Now what are they going to do? And I remember Rusty Young telling me this when I interviewed him. He said, David Geffen called us together for a meeting. And he pointed to Paul Cotton and said, you write and sing, you're okay. To Tim Schmidt, he pointed and said, you write and sing, you're okay. And he pointed to George Grantham, the drummer, and said, well, you're a drummer. We don't worry about that, but you can sing. And he pointed to Rusty and said, you don't write, you don't sing. You're in trouble. (laughs) So what that did was it actually spurred Rusty on to become a songwriter and a lead singer, to play a larger role in Poco. And we'll see that as we kind of move along over the next few years. Their next album, released in 1974, called Seven, just featured the four of them, Schmidt, Cotton, Grantham, and Young. And it was a much heavier album, and it was kind of uncertain as to what kind of approach Poco were trying for. And I remember reading reviews of them in concert that said they were deafingly loud and trying something very, very different. And it didn't quite work. The next album was called Contamos, and it brought them back to that softer country rock sound that emphasized their great harmony singing, but it also found Rusty Young starting to write and sing as well. So from that Contamos album, where Poco kind of found what they were good at, this is the opening song of the album written by Rusty Young is called Sagebrush Serenade. You and I counting desert stars and lovers one by one while mandolins and steel guitars Help our love along Who could show you Ever know you'd Fall into my dreams Turn around and There you are in Cowboy boots and faded Sagebrush serenade Sagebrush serenade Sagebrush serenade Sagebrush serenade All around us It's around us Harmony is in the air We could lose our hearts tonight And never 
never even care. It's a sagebrush serenade. Rusty on banjo. He had added banjo, mandolin, and guitar to his already formidable talents on pedal steel guitar and dobro. Cantamus got a lot of media attention and publicity from uh, Epic Records. And I remember Poco being the uh, guest on, I can't remember if it was Don Kirshner's rock concert or just in concert. They recreated the image of the band on stage from the Cantamos album, and playing in a barn or somewhere. And they did much of the album live on that show. So it did okay for them, but it, it was for Epic, it was too little too late. Because Poco then signed with ABC Records after that. And their first album for ABC Records was Head Over Heels. And it included a song that, while not burning up the charts, became a minor hit 
and became also a signature song in the post Richie Ferret Poco period. Now, as I said, Paul Cotton and Timothy B. Schmidt were strong songwriters already, and they were they were posting songs on the album still with, when Richie was in the band, although Richie's songwriting dominated. But now, Rusty was stepping into that. They still The band still had great harmonies because George, Tim, and Paul had great harmonies singing together. So this is the song that highlighted Head Over Heels, their first album for ABC. This is Keep On Trying. So full of doubt You just can't let it be But I know If you keep on coming back for more And I keep on trying I keep on trying And I've been drinking now Just a little too much And I don't know how I can't get in touch with you Now there's only one thing for me to do Is to keep on trying To get home to you And I feel so satisfied when I can't satisfy I want to confide in All that is true so I Keep on trying I'm through with lying Just like the sun above I come shining through Oh yes I Keep on trying I'm tired of crying I got to find the way To get on home to you I've been thinking about All the times you held me I never heard you shout The flow of energy was so fine Now I think I laid on the line Keep on trying To get home to you And I feel so satisfied when I can't see a smile I want to confide in all that is true So I keep on trying I'm through with lying Just like the sun above I come shining through Yes I will, yes I Keep on trying I'm tired of crying I got to find a way to get on home to you Poco managed to continue to build an audience even after Richie Ferre's departure, and the next album, 1976's Rose of Cimarron, included another epic song, although not epic in a weird way like Crazy Eyes was for that album, but just a great song on its own, and it was written by Rusty Young, who is now stepping up, as I said before, increasingly as a songwriter. And the song, the lead vocals on the song are shared by Paul Cotton and Timothy B. Schmidt. Nice orchestration in it. Beautiful song. Again, got a lot of attention for the band.
Emmylou Harris would cover Rose of Cimarron on her album called Cimarron. 
Coming on the heels of the strong showing of the Rose of Cimarron album, the next album, called Indian Summer, based on a song, a title song by Paul Cotton, would prove to be Timothy B. Schmidt's last album with the band. He would be pulled from Poco, enticed away from Poco, if you will, to replace Randy Meisner in The Eagles. Ironically, when Randy left Poco in 1969, it was Timothy B. Schmidt who came in and replaced him, and now Randy was leaving The Eagles in 1977, and here comes Timothy B. Schmidt to replace Randy once again. But it's a fine showing, and I'm going to play the title track off the album. This is Paul Cotton, An Indian Summer.
So with Tim Schmidt's departure, the other three guys in the band, George Grantham, Paul Cotton, and Rusty Young, decided to end Poco. They would not record under the Poco name, and they would not tour anymore. The live album had been recorded with Tim still in the band, and ABC Records canceled that and decided not to release it, although several years later they would release it. But in 1978, Rusty and Paul got back together again as the Cotton Young Band, and they did. They went in and did some recordings, and, and George was involved as well, although not through the whole thing. They recorded 11 tracks and took them to ABC, and what ABC decided to do was brand them again as Poco and release them as Legend. And there's a, an iconic photo of a horse kind of on the run, and that became Poco's logo from that point on. And Phil Hartman, who you know from Saturday Night Live as a comedian, he drew that. He drew the, uh, the cover horse. On, uh, on the Legend album. Having tried to get a hit single for 10 years, they scored a top 10 record, a million seller, with Rusty Young writing it and Rusty Young singing it. The only original member left. And it was called Crazy Love. And it brought Poco back to public attention and it proved that they didn't need Richie or Tim to be successful. Here's the song, Crazy Love, Rusty singing it. And I'm following it with the second single off the album, which was a Paul Cotton song called Heart of the Night. Tonight I'm gonna break away Just to wait and see I'll never be imprisoned by A faded memory Just when I think I'm over her This broken heart will mend I hear her name and I have to cry The tears come down again It happens all the time This crazy love of mine Wraps around my heart Refusing to unwind Ooh, crazy love Ah, Count the stars in a summer sky That fall without a sound And then pretend that you can't hear these teardrops coming down It happens all the time This crazy love of mine Wraps around my heart Refusing to unwind Ooh, crazy love
with a whole new lease on life, Poco, down to now just Rusty and Paul, and hired guys. I hired, you know, bass player, hired a drummer, and brought in a keyboard player. Went on to record a number of albums over the next six years or so. And to me, they were hit and miss. Legend went gold, became a gold-selling album, half a million copies. But as critics noted, at the expense of their country rock textures, and, the, and, and more importantly, the country textures, they kind of turned into a California soft rock band. And that, that, that kind of carried on through the next series of albums that, as I said, kind of were hit and miss, Under the Gun, Blue and Gray, a concept album, Cowboys and Englishmen, Ghost Town. But in 1984, their album Inamorata brought back Tim Schmidt to do some singing on the album and had two great tracks. One, a Paul Cotton song, Days Gone By, and the other, a Rusty Young song, Save a Corner of Your Heart for Me. From the days gone by Looking worn and withered I heard a lonely cry Of what could have been And what wasn't quite Now I'm swearing to the wind We were doing it right Here in the night So far away from it all Out of my sight How far down did we fall From grace created Oh how we related In the picture from the days The days gone by
It's such a subtle move, such a gentle In 1989, the original five guys that had come together in the summer of 1968, Richie Ferre, Jimmy Messina, Randy Meisner, Rusty Young, and George Grantham, got together and recorded an album called Legacy. And it was a rocky reunion because Richie was uncomfortable with some of the themes of some of the songs. In the intervening years since Sutherhillman and Fure, Richie had become a minister at the Calvary Chapel of Boulder, Colorado. And in fact, while George Grantham sang in the harmonies on the album, the producer of the album didn't feel that George was up to being able to play drums on the album, so they used a, a studio musician to play. And Poco toured, the album did okay, but the opening song, When It All Began, is a great song about the history of Poco. So I'm going to go out with that one, because I think it's a nice kind of way to tie all the threads together and go out. Hope you enjoyed my look at Poco, one of my favorite bands, have all their albums, and big fan from day one. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Remember the feeling not so 
I know we can.